And we are under caution. And race control has confirmed that since the leader saw the white flag under green, the next flag ends the race. That caution flag will do just that. Joey Logano wins in Las Vegas. Welcome back to another edition of Full Tank with Phil, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And we're leaving Vegas, surprisingly, with... A lot of money in our pockets. We cashed in on Joey Logano on the money line. Well, we cashed in on a lot of things, but Logano got it done. The caution came out on the final lap, which ended the race. A lot of people pissed off about that, but if you had money on the 22, you were jumping for joy like me. So really happy about it. Saw a lot of people on Instagram saying that Bowman was going to win the race if it went all the way to the finish. I don't know if I agree with that. I thought the 22 had it locked up regardless of... The caution coming out, but either way, I'll take it. I'll, I'll cash that ticket no matter what happens there. On top of that, we, we had Blaney on the money line as well, and it's also good to to think about when you've got both of your money line picks up front leading the race, and you're not questioning whether or not you're going to cash a ticket, just which one is the better one to cash. Blaney was the, the plus 2,000, uh, the better ticket, he obviously hit some trouble towards the end of that race, so then it was all up to Logano. He got the job done. We hit on that. Wanted to get better about the head-to-heads last week. Dominated that 3-1, and one, and we hit that prop bet on Ford. We were all over that. That started when we sent the podcast out. That was the underdog pick, and on race day, that was head and shoulders favorite. So we're all over that. Feeling good. I was feeling myself on Sunday night, loving every second of it. But we got we to gotta move on. You know, we can't rest on that. Uh, for very long, we got to take a look at what's ahead, uh, which is Fontana Auto Club Speedway coming up. But want to take a quick look at the standings because this is a fun time of the year to just talk about the standings and just real brief. It's chaos. I mean, you got names up there that you're not used to seeing, and I love that. You got you know Bubba Wallace, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse, Chris Busher, Matt DeBetadetto. I mean, these are all guys that are in. It's two races in. But they're all in the playoff picture right now. It's it's way too soon, obviously. But it's just fun to think about. And, you know, maybe they should have a little prop bet on whether or not you have certain guys that will stay in the playoff picture after this race or not. Little little uh, teaser there. I don't know. That, that could be a, a fun thing to think about. But either way, it's still a cool part of the season to see these guys getting up there. And when you see the, the rundown, the standings after the, the races – it's nice to see different names up there from time to time. I'm sure it'll even out, especially going to a racetrack like Auto Club, where you know the the cream rises to the top most of the time. But it's just still fun. So we'll take a look at some of these track stats as we start to focus on Auto Club. It's it's a tough track and a little bit different strategy, I think, gambling this week than we have on the first couple weeks. So. We're heading into this two-mile racetrack, 30 races here in the past. Kind of an interesting thing to think about. We're actually going to bring this up a couple times, I think, when we're diving deep here. But um, this used to be a racetrack that had two races a year, like a lot of the tracks do. And they ended up taking a second race away from Auto Club. And a lot of people said that 
that really made this brought this racetrack back to life because it was kind of dying it just wasn't sustainable to have those two races per year and and once they got rid of it fans started to come back to the racetrack and and really made it interesting the thing is from a gambler's perspective you lose out on more of those stats so with these guys only going there once a year you know you're looking at five races well that was five years ago so you got to think about that as you're doing some dissecting here um and it's tough to you know really think about any sort of momentum that would happen at these racetracks so auto club is a spot where you have to be fast you have to be i know that sounds silly to talk about in nascar but you know at daytona you can kind of get away with it and and some of the short tracks and beating and banging but at at this racetrack you're going to need a a nice whip so um Let's talk about some of the, the stats here, and we've got three times in the past someone has won from the pole. Now, it's actually happened pretty recent, Truex in 2018 and Larson in 2017. So starting up towards the front, I would say at this racetrack, a little bit more important than we saw last week at, at Vegas and obviously at Daytona. Uh, winners coming from the top five happen 12 times, 40% of the time, and, and top 10, 53% of the time. So... That top 10 number, similar to Vegas, but still, more recently, we're seeing winners from the pole. So, you know, I'm putting a lot of stock in that. Um, starting outside the, the top 20 and winning the race, it's happened seven times, 23% of the time. The worst starting position to win a race was uh, 31st. It was Matt Kenseth. So if you're betting on a guy and he goes out and he put the bet in before qualifying, he qualifies like 33rd, just throw, rip the ticket up, throw it out. You got no chance. <laughs> no, I, I, it's it's going to be tough, I think, to, to really come from the back here and, and win the race. But um, we'll see. I mean, I, I like putting my bets in early before qualifying because at this type of racetrack, if you have confidence in the guys that you're betting on, then you'd have to assume they're going to go out and qualify well, which would then really make their odds uh, less favorable. So, you know, you got to have that confidence to, to put the picks in early. Um, last week, you know, it really worked out for us uh, on most of the guys. So I'm going to continue that trend this week. Now, let's talk about strategy because this week, more than the past, I'm really leaning towards favorites. And right now we've got two guys who are going off as the favorites, uh, plus 500 for both Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick. So I'm probably going to be talking about these guys in, in just a second. The, the strategy here is in the past, like last week, for example, you have the sum of money that you are comfortable spending in an average race weekend on money line picks to, to win the race. So most of the time I'm taking that money and I'm chopping it up into you know three or four, however many guys I want to put money on that week and, and spreading that money out evenly. Uh, like last week, you know, we, we threw an even amount of money on Logano and Blaney, and, and I was kind of cheering more for Blaney, but was happy to get the win. This week, I'm, I'm taking the favorite, and that means that I'm taking that money and I'm reallotting more of it towards the favorites, uh, as we'll talk about, because in order to get more bang for your buck, even though plus 500 is still good, I mean, I, I think after qualifying, that number is going to go down. That's why I'm a little, little sketchy. So I may still put it even put it in evenly but typically the strategy for me is when you're talking about favorites you are spending more of your money allotting that towards the favorite um, so you get more bang for your buck so let's move into the picks and I, I 
talked about the, the, the two guys who are up front, and we're going to start with Kyle Busch. Okay, and he's going off at plus 500. But before we talk about Fontana, I just have to mention Kyle Busch in a truck. Okay, if you see Kyle Busch going into a truck race, you have those odds at your fingertips, you have to throw money in on Kyle Busch. He was going up in Vegas. He was minus money to win the race. It's unheard of. It is unheard of. I think he was like minus 143. And I was going back and forth with myself saying, do I, do I throw a bunch of money on Kyle and just hope that he dominates like he always does? Or do I spread some money out on some of these other guys? The, the deciding factor for me was I just couldn't find a guy on the list that I liked, were multiple guys that I liked to be able to, to knock him down. Or, or I, didn't, I couldn't figure out who was going to be up front this early in the season. So I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to throw it all on Kyle. And it paid off. If you see an opportunity to do that, you have to do it. He's just unstoppable in the trucks. You saw the thing with Kevin Harvick uh, putting the bounty out there, saying any cup driver hops in a truck, I got 50 grand for you if you beat Kyle Busch. I mean, it, it's out there. The rumor or the, 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 the secret is out on Kyle Busch. He is just dominant. We knew this, but now it's getting a lot more spotlight on it. So just a tidbit there. If you see it, you got to take it. I know I always will. But let's get back to Fontana. So in the last 10 races here, Kyle's got three wins, six top fives, and seven top tens. He's he's just really good here. And I'm sorry, that's in his last nine races because you got to remember he had that one season where he was out in the beginning of the year. So those are unreal stats at this racetrack. It's a, a spot that he clearly handles well. We're going to talk about some guys who just don't. So you got to love that. He's the defending champion at this racetrack from a year ago. Now, Something a little weird here. You think back to 2019. Who won the Daytona 500? Denny Hamlin. This year, Denny Hamlin. 2019, Pennzoil 400 at uh, Las Vegas. Who won that? Joey Logano. Well, who won last weekend? Joey Logano. So what I'm getting at here is I'm a big fan of patterns. So if the pattern were to continue, it would be Kyle Busch in victory lane on Sunday. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think it's worth throwing money on here now i was mentioning you need a strong race car you need a strong driver at this racetrack it's it's very challenging and kyle bush is just that guy he's got six top fives in his last eight races six top fives in his last eight races his last couple races he was first and third so just really good stats it's obvious why he's a, a favorite going off at plus 500 and i honestly think that the the money is going to go less favorable the odds as the weekend progresses so i'm getting my pick in on kyle early at plus 500 his average finish i mean he has the best average finish out of everybody here in the last 10 races at 8.8 and all time he is second average finish so he's the guy at fontana at auto club he's the guy so it just makes sense it makes all the sense in the world why you would throw money on it. I Most of the time, I remember last season, I was trying to avoid Kyle just because the, the money wasn't there. He was going off at like plus 250, plus 200 at one point, and I hated it because I, I wanted to be able to bet on the guy. Now I'm seeing the opportunity. I'm going for it, um, so we'll see. The next guy is Kevin Harvick. I mentioned him. He's the other favorite, plus 500. Stats here, one win, five top five, six top tens in his last 10 and uh the thing about 
Harvick that is very intriguing is that he's really good lately at this racetrack. Okay, when you're looking at his stats all time, they're they're very similar to what you're seeing in his last 10. And so if you're looking at his average finish all time, he's 14th on the list. But if you're looking in the last 10 races, he's fourth overall. So that means he's trending upwards. We're going to talk about all year. I love those guys who are clearly getting better. They're learning the track more. Now, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Once a, a season, it's tough to kind of get into a rhythm at a place, but you have to take the stats for what they're telling you. And in this case, it's telling you that Kevin Harvick is getting much better at this track. So he has shown speed so far this year. I mean, last week at Vegas, he led 92 laps. Daytona, he finished fourth. It just kind of feels like with both of these guys, Kyle and Harvick, it's just a matter of time. So I want to be on the right side of when these guys cash in and get to victory lane. And I think it could happen this weekend. Um, so he has an awesome pattern as well that I was looking into. And, and this is a little bit more deep than the, the Kyle Busch pattern. But he has a pattern going all the way back to when they started doing the single race a year at Fontana. He's going to have two top fives in a row, then a 13th place, and then a 30-plus finish. Then two top fives, a 13th, and a 30-plus finish. Last year, he finished second. So he's due for another top five, and he has a win in that pattern. So why not this top five be a win? Just makes sense. I know I'm stretching a little bit here, but I love it. You know, that's the kind of shit that I live for. I love digging deep. And finding that kind of stuff and, and, you know, having a rallying cry behind it. So um, why not? And, and you know, it makes sense why he would be going off as a favorite as well. Uh, so mark me down for the four at plus 500. If it gets a little lower than that, I, I might stay away. But right now, I'm on top of it. So those are the guys who I'm putting most of my money on. But I do want to mention a couple other guys and the, the first is Chase Elliott. He's going off at plus 800. Now, Chase, his body of work at this place, it's not big. He's only been here four times because of the in, in the Cup Series because of uh, the, the one race a season. So his highest finish has been eighth place, and that happened twice. He's only got two top tens in those four races, so 50% of the time he's finished in the top ten. Uh, but I'm basing this one more about what I'm seeing so far this year from Chase. Okay, three stage wins. One at Daytona, and he won both of the first two stages at Vegas. So he's off to a really strong start. And I'm kind of combining the, the stats with what I'm seeing in the moment with him. Rick Hendrick has the most wins all time as an owner, with 17 wins here. So Chase is kind of the de facto leader of that team. I know Jimmy Johnson fans would hate me saying that, but it is what it is right now. Johnson's kind of on the downslope. He's obviously retiring next year. Chase is the captain of that team as far as I'm concerned. So if somebody's going to, you know, run with that, it would be the nine team. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I, it, it's more about right now, less about the stats because we just don't have them for this guy. But when you're talking about average finish in the last 10 races, Chase is second with uh, an average finish of 10.8. So, you know, he, he has something. There's something you can cling to there. Plus 800 is a good value there. I think uh, he's another one that 
is kind of due. And if Hendrick's going to get to victory lane at this racetrack again, I think it could definitely be the nine team. Now, I can't talk about it without going to Jimmy Johnson. So this is more of a flyer, uh, more of a lean. But the, the fourth guy that I'm going to talk about is Johnson. Because when you're looking at the Auto Club stats, he's just jumping off the page. Now, you kind of have to take this with a grain of salt, but just... Hear me out on this. I mean, his last 10 races, he's got one win, three top fives, and six top tens. His average finish in his last 10 races here is third. Now, that's 10 years, so that's why I'm saying you kind of have to take it for what it's worth there. But all-time, I mean, he's kick-ass. He, he's the all-time, as far as active drivers concerned, best average finish, 7.6. I know those are the glory days. But starting position is key here, as we pointed out, and... His last couple races, he started towards the back. So two of his last three races, he's, he's really had a terrible shit starting position. So if you kind of see that, he is going out and qualifying well this weekend, it might be a good chance for you to jump on him. Now, you might not get the same odds. You kind of have to decide, do you want to take the risk and put it in at plus 1,600? Or you know, do you want to wait and see how he does in qualifying? It's totally up to you, obviously. But I'm going to probably take a... a flyer on him and throw a little bit of cash down whatever's left over from the two favorites and chase so his body of work here is just what stands out and you know this is his last track uh last time at this track it's not like you know daytona or bristol or one of these other like you know fan favorite racetracks where you might see jimmy in a in another car at some point because he's saying he's retiring from full-time racing i i don't think we'll ever see johnson here at auto club again I mean, it just, it is what it is. It's not that type of race. So going out one last time at a racetrack that he does really well at for an owner who does really well here, thanks to Johnson's efforts, um, I, I think it's worth, you know, looking at. And even in the bad finishes, if you're looking at the loop stats, he's been up front. I mean, even the finishes that he's not getting, he's in the top five. So he knows how to get around this racetrack. It's worth throwing something on, I think, just for the sake of kind of hoping that he gets a win in his last uh, his last season, this is a racetrack where you could see that happening. At least I could. So Johnson in the 48 car plus 1,600, lock it in. So just a quick recap, I'm going with both Harvick plus 500 and Kyle Busch plus 500, the two favorites, Chase at plus 800, and like I said, Jimmy Johnson plus 1,600. So let's take a look at a couple top 10 picks that are out there that I'm kind of digging right now. But with these two guys that I'm going to talk about, not a lot of stats available to me, but I, that's okay. I, I'm cool with taking a couple younger guys. So the first one that I'm taking a look at is the 20 car, Eric Jones. He has been here three times. He's got one top 10, but one of the other races he finished 12th so he's right around that top 10 mark he's going off at plus 125 to finish in the top 10 i like that he's, he's you're getting money uh, it's good value there for a car on a really strong team so now toyota as a whole is coming off a dismal vegas performance so i, I really think toyota as a group is going to kind of band together assess the damage and move forward and he's part of that group so uh, taking the, the plus 125, I, I really like it. The thing about it is finishing on the lead lap 
is a big one, and he's finished on the lead lap all three times he's raced here. And up until last season, he had a rough go last season. But the previous two races, his driver rating was well over 100. So that tells you that he knows what he's doing. Now, clearly something went wrong uh, last year. They'll see if they can bounce back. I'm not sure what happened. I don't remember that race, but I'm kind of putting that out of my mind. I don't care. I'm, I'm saying young guy clearly knows. The stats tell me he knows how to get around this joint. And he's been hovering around that threshold. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw some money down on the 20 to finish in the top 10. The second guy that I like is Austin Dillon, surprisingly. So the thing about the three is that they've been here six times and they've got two top 10s. But two more of those times, they've finished 11th. So right around that mark, you got to love that about this team. And if you're looking at value, I mean, you know, with those stats, you, you take a look and you say, okay, he, he's right around it. Four of the six times he's been here, he's right around that top 10 mark. He's making it a race for for yourself. His value right now is plus 225 to finish in the top 10. That's really good value. I, I love it. Good odds for a, a guy who hovers around it. Now, the last thing I'll mention about the, the three car is going back to starting position He's got two poles at this racetrack. I can remember the last time he put the car on the pole, I, I remember being shocked. Like, the the three, Austin Dillon at this racetrack? He's he's starting first? So we, we beat it into the ground how important starting position is here. So he's got a good history of starting towards the front. I'm not saying he has to in order to finish in the top 10, but you know that you know qualifying day – could be a good one for that team, and you never know at that point. So I like it all around. I'm talking myself into the three car, and we'll see how it turns out. I'm, I'm keeping track of how Austin treats me so far this year. I, I don't think he's treated me too well so far in any head-to-heads or a previous top ten. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I do keep track of those who scorn me, as William Byron knows, so... Um, hopefully I don't have to put him on the same list as uh, the 24. So, again, my top 10 picks this week, Eric Jones in the 20 going off at plus 125, and Austin Dillon in the three car, plus 225. Now, is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? I want to go fast. So let's get to some head-to-heads because we went 3-1 last week, and I'm feeling pretty good. So we got a lot. We got a jam-packed section here this week because I got some plays that I like. We got a cousin Greg Lock of the week and I got some leans that I'm thinking about that not official picks, but I'm going to see how the weekend kind of turns out and then, you know, just kind of discuss it, just using this as therapy to kind of play that out and see what I'm thinking. So, we're going to start with the two favorites because I kind of feel like I have to take one of them in a head-to-head matchup. Kyle Busch versus Kevin Harvick. They're both going off at minus 115 right now. And it's only right that you choose between the two of them. So looking at these two head-to-head at Auto Club, Kyle Busch is 7-1 versus Kevin Harvick in the last eight races. So you combine that with the fact that Toyota looking to make a statement after a, a down race a week ago, like we just talked about. I'm going to have to go with Kyle Busch 
in the scenario. We threw out all the stats a second ago. I mean, both these guys are are dominant here. They're up there in average finish. Kyle is the king of average finish at this track. We talked about how Harvick's trending upward. And the fact of the matter is, though, you can trend upward, but if you have a guy that's just beating you time in and out, you still got to take the other guy. So I'm going with the 18 here as well. Kind of throwing all my eggs here in, in the 18 basket. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense. The stats tell me that Kyle Busch is going to beat Kevin Harvick this weekend. So I have to I have to roll with them. Kyle Busch over Harvick is the first pick for my head-to-head matchups. Now, I want to bring up, because we got a, a Cousin Greg lock of the week. That's right, the first one of the season. So we'll see how he does. But I'm bringing it up now because Greg is also on the Kyle Busch train, and he's taking Kyle Busch over Joey Logano. So just riding the 18 right now, and I think this pick makes uh, a lot of sense. You're talking about Kyle, dominant. We're not going to say it anymore. He's the guy. But then you talk about the 22, coming off a win, they're probably partying a little too hard at Vegas. I don't know. They're taking the trophy out on the town. You know, a little too drunk. Maybe get a little slower start over to California than some of these other guys. Um, obviously, I'm kidding around, but who knows? And, you know, they're definitely comfortable. They're, they're fat and happy right now on that 22 team. So I, I think uh, Bush could definitely take advantage of that in this head-to-head matchup. So uh, it's the Cousin Greg Lock of the Week. And if you follow him, lock it in, because he has spoken. Now, let's move on to a, another pick. And I got some some randoms here. I like to focus on guys who clearly are terrible at racetracks. And this is a strange matchup, because Matt DiBettadetto is awful at Fontana. Just awful. He's one of the worst active drivers here as far as average finish is concerned. The thing here that makes this interesting is that he is head and shoulders favorite over Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So DiBettadetto right now going off at minus 143 over Stenhouse, who's plus 108. Stenhouse isn't bad here. Stenhouse has... Now, granted, we have to start this matchup conversation with talking about how these guys are in different cars. DiBettadetto used to be driving a, a bunch of different cars, including the 95 from last year for Levine Family Racing. Now he's in the Wood Brothers 21. A little bit of an upgrade, I think you would say. And Stenhouse was in the 17 forever, and now he's driving the, the 47. So changes all around for both of these guys. I still would say that their equipment is pretty even. Now, I think the reason the odds makers has this so far in Matty D's favor is because of his finish last week. I mean, he has a few good finishes or a couple good finishes to start the season. He, Everyone loves this guy. Everyone wants to see him do well. And, uh, it, you know, I guess that's why they have it. They're just ignoring the stats here. Meanwhile, if you look at Stenhouse, he's the underdog. And in five races here that they've both been on the racetrack together, Stenhouse has never lost to DiBettadetto, ever. They're driving different cars, but still, the value is there for Stenhouse in this matchup. Stenhouse has a top five to his name at this racetrack. So, everything is telling me to go with Stenhouse. I, I you know, I know the, the momentum 
might be towards the the 21 car of Matty D, but Stenhouse still, you know, had a good Daytona. He's he's up there right now in the standings as well. Uh, good Daytona as far as like, you know, qualifying well. Obviously his his race was a little bit of a carnival, but I digress. I got to go with the 47 and Stenhouse on this one just based on facts alone. It just doesn't make sense to me that you have all these good things in the the Stenhouse side of things and yet he's the underdog. So mark me down for the 47 in that matchup. Next, we've got a a matchup that, you know, Titans, I guess you could call them. Brad Keselowski versus Martin Truex Jr. And these are two guys who are trying to get used to new crew chiefs. Truex had a, a decent Vegas performance, but ended up cutting a tire and and just didn't you know finish well. Uh, he didn't get that top ten finish like he wanted. Brad was up and down at at Vegas. I was a little surprised. I thought we were going to see a lot more out of that two team, but I think both of these drivers are trying to get used to to new guys in their ear, and you know it might take some races. So we're talking head to head at Auto Club. Brad is 4-1 versus Truex here in his last top five. These guys are so close together. They're 11th and 12th in average finish in the last top 10, Brad having the 11th uh, spot. So they're very close together. Both have a win at this racetrack in the last 10 races. The stats are, are just almost identical. So at that point, you almost have to try to cling to something to try to draw you in one way or the other. And I think what I'm going to do here is base it off of the team. So Penske as an organization coming up big with the win with the 22. Blaney had a great run until he dropped off and Brad was up and down. I I think we'll go with the momentum from the Penske organization. Everybody, you know, happy about it, sharing notes. Kozlowski clearly has the better track record here head to head. So I'm going to go with the two and see how it pans out. This one it is very close to call, but I'm going to make a, a decision on it. I'm going to go with Kozlowski. They're both minus 115 at the moment, so mark me down for the two. Next, I've got a battle of old versus new. So we talked about Eric Jones finishing the top 10. We talked about how he doesn't have a very big sample size. Then we're going up against Kurt Busch, someone with a huge sample size. Jones in the three races that they've been on the track together, has the 2-1 advantage in the scorecard there. I know he's only been there three times, but overall, he is trending upwards at this racetrack, whereas you can look at the large track record for Kurt Busch here and see that he's kind of on the decline. He's up there uh, when it comes to some average finishes around like eighth in the, in the all-time list, but overall he had a sixth place finish last year but since after that looking backwards he's been dismal just dismal so i'm gonna ride with the 20 here over kurt bush and the one car this is like i said a battle of old versus new i want to see if the the new guys can really step up here and kind of take the spotlight away from the guys who have been there for a while so a little bit of risk a lot of these Bets are, you know, for these head-to-heads a little bit risky, but I'm just trying to use the stats to my advantage here, and, and we'll see what happens. I'm locking in the 20, who is the slight underdog, Kurt going off at minus 118, and Eric Jones going off at minus 112. You're not getting 
you know, any real difference there, but slight underdog, mark me down, 20 car. The other thing that I'll mention, so those were my, my head-to-head picks, but I did mention a couple leans. There's one that stands out at me, and it's Suarez, Daniel Suarez versus Ryan Priest. They're going off at the same value, minus 115 for each of them. I don't know why anybody in a head-to-head matchup at this point in the season would take Daniel Suarez. He, he didn't qualify for Daytona, so they didn't get to run that race, and started on the first lap in Vegas with power trouble. The car just died. He eventually got it going again, but he basically raced the whole time multiple laps down due to that terrible start. So I'm waiting for Daniel Suarez to be able to prove that that 96 car has something of value. Ryan Priest is part of a, a team that I would consider much stronger. I mean, it, it two-car team, JTG Doherty Racing. It's a mouthful, but it's still he's, he's teammates with Ricky Stenhouse. I like the, the Priest over uh, Suarez on this one. Like I said, it's a lean. Kind of see how qualifying and practice goes because I really want to understand what Suarez has in that machine. Um, but from a overhead view, I don't know why anybody would put money on Suarez in that matchup. He needs to prove himself to me before I'm actually going to throw something on him. So we'll see. Not an official pick, but I, I'm, I'm liking the Priest matchup or the Priest option there in that matchup. Now, some other things just to think about. There are some guys here who are just downright terrible. We mentioned Matt DiBenedetto. He's he's on my list as, you know, stay away from. Alex Bowman is is really bad here. His average finish is 22.3. Eric Almarola, not a good driver at this racetrack historically. All this is based on, you know, the history. And, and Chris Buescher has been bad here uh, in the past. Now he's in a different machine. He's in the 17, taking over for Stenhouse. So maybe things are on the upswing there, but... What I'm getting at here is when you're looking at head-to-head matchups and you see guys that just aren't good, I would look at the other guy and see who they're going up against and see if it's worth taking the approach of not necessarily betting on someone, but it's really betting against someone. And that's what I'm kind of scouting out this week because I've seen a lot of names that just aren't great and they're on the list of head-to-head matchups so far early in this week. So something to think about. I would you know definitely tell you to to look at that but as far as the official picks are concerned i'm going with kyle bush over kevin harvick don't forget about that cousin greg lock of the week with kyle over logano going with brad kozlowski over martin truex ricky stenthouse jr over that aforementioned terrible matt de benedetto at this racetrack and then i'm going with the the new blood eric jones versus the old blood kurt bush in that head-to-head matchup so We'll see. Didn't uh, see what the parlay would look like yet, but uh, hit a hit a parlay that I didn't talk about on the podcast, but nice little payout for me last week. It's very rare, but I'll see if I can box this one into something good and see what that payout looks like. In the Phil's Fired Up section this week, I'm going to talk about something, again, that I think we should be able to bet on in NASCAR like you can in most other sports, and that's free agency. So silly season is what NASCAR fans call the, the offseason and the free agent shakeup. The thing is, silly season used to be right at the end of the year, and you know 
Thanksgiving and Christmas times when all the drivers would, you know, the free agent drivers would find their new homes. But silly season has started, it seems like, earlier and earlier. So we know who the lame duck drivers are basically by the 4th of July in the past and who the guys, you know, they're not coming back to that team. So they're really just driving in circles um, looking for their own new opportunity. The reason I'm bringing this up now is because I'm thinking back to last year's baseball free agency. You had guys like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. They were testing the market. And in Vegas, that's pretty much, Vegas was what gave us most of our insight into how they were leaning. You were able to place bets on what teams they were going to land on. And sports media would use that oh vegas updated you know bryce harper to the cubs is the favorite then eventually it was the phillies and and that's where he landed so what i'm getting at here is the the crop of free agents in nascar after the 2020 season is eye-opening it's crazy the names that are on this list so just to name a few we've got brad keselowski his contract is up kyle larson his contract is up ryan blaney Alex Bowman, Eric Jones, and Clint Boyer. I mean, those are just the guys who come to mind right away. I'm sure there's some other guys like Corey LaJoy and some lower-level teams that need to clean up their end. But those are, A, major players in this game, and B, huge race cars, big-time opportunities. So let's take Alex Bowman, for example. Who wouldn't, if he doesn't go back to the 88? Who wouldn't want to ride in that car? That is a Hendrick Motorsports car. It was Dale Jr.'s car. That is a prime spot. So who wouldn't want that? It would be great to see some Vegas odds on what they think or who they think is the favorite to fill the 88 car. There's there's two different ways you could look at it. You could have the odds on, you know, you could say Alex Bowman will be driving at Hendrick Motorsports next year. Maybe they're the favorite. And then throw out some other teams. That might be harder to do than, okay, take it from the car number, right? Who will be driving the 88 next year? Alex Bowman? Would it be Brad Keselowski? Ryan Blaney? Uh, maybe some other guy coming up through Xfinity, you know, and, and maybe that guy shoots to the top and, and becomes the favorite. The fact of the matter is it would make it very fun to be able to bet on and it generates more conversation. I know that the, the drivers and the team owners probably wouldn't like it, but as a fan and a, a listener to a bunch of content in NASCAR, that gets the, the juices flowing. You know, I know a lot of people are saying, and we'll probably talk about this in later episodes when we kind of single out some people, but a lot of people are wondering, you know, would Kozlowski go back to Hendrick at the end of this year? Very interesting. Um, that's a topic that I, I would talk about till I'm blue in the face. So, being able to bet on free agency in NASCAR would be huge. I think it's uh, not a thing at the moment because it's not. It's a little bit different than other sports where other sports, you can't really do that until the season's over. And that used to be the way in NASCAR. Now things happen so early that it makes it a little tougher for Vegas. But I, I think that's still doable. I don't think that's a huge ask. Uh, and I would be throwing some future bets on those guys all day. I would love that. So something to think about. We'll talk more about the, the free agent stuff down the road, but that's what I'm fired up to see in the future. 
All right, so that's going to do it for another edition of Full Tank with Phil. Go out, place your bets on those favorites. A lot of head-to-head action I'm, I'm loving this week, so could be able to parlay a couple of those into uh, a nice little payday for yourself. we got to stay hot. we got to stay hot on this West Coast swing and keep cashing those tickets so we're moving into Phoenix after this week even hotter. We'll see you next week. Place to go. Have no place to go. Darling, have no place to go. Have no place to go. Goodbye, baby.